Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If this is going to be like a C-list celebrity joint, we're out. Maurice the Maurice, get this guy a cold brew. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 26 of the Fantasy Hipsters podcast. My name is Matt Harmon coming to you live from a closet again uh, and but living a much better life though maybe not considering he was apparently shirtless and now has to turn off his AC because it's so hot in Los Angeles is Matt Franchise uh, here with us. How, how are you doing, buddy? Other than melting, I'm doing okay. But, uh, yeah, man, it's a heat wave here. You're on the East Coast for this heat wave. You're missing it. But without the AC, my apartment turns into an oven. It's 85 degrees in here right now. So Gross. S- sweating this one out with you. I guess so, yeah. I mean, you've got audio issues. You've got heat issues. You've got – you're falling apart, man. I've got life issues, man. You know, it's like almost, you know, regular season's just around the corner. This is the time where you're supposed to be getting in the best shape of your life, not the worst condition of your life. What are you doing? I don't know. I'm, 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 uh, my career is on a steady decline right now. Let's just say that. Uh, well, that seems a little harsh. But uh, <laughs> we're here, as always, uh, to, t- to answer some listener questions on this Friday edition of the Mail Satchel episode. But before we get to the questions, we, of course, have to talk about the sponsor of this podcast. As it always is, it's Duchamp's Grooming. And their vintage-inspired handmade grooming products for the modern-day man are the best on the market. There, I said it. Save your, you know, pomade with the uh, axe or Old Spice or Paul Mitchell or whatever. You save those for some other podcast because here on the Fantasy yeah. Hipsters, we're brought to you by Duchamp's Grooming. That's right. Vintage inspired handmade grooming products for the modern day man and for our podcast listeners. We have a promo code for 15% off. Just enter, enter the code HIPSTERSPOD. When you go to check out there, get yourself some beard oils or whatever you need, some some hair wax. Hipsters Pod is the code. Get 15% off and, you know, thank us after you look good. Yeah, because you will look good and therefore you will thank us. Well, uh, before we jump into listener questions, Franchise, you, you got anything you want to update us on? Anything that's just going on on your end other than baking uh, in your little oven there? Uh, I'm sure. Just like I said uh, in the earlier episode, I'm just grinding away on this uh, wedding script. I'm getting a little nervous. I I, mean, I, I like that we got um, we got an email in the email box of someone that actually sent you tips on officiating a wedding. What a great yeah. group of listeners we have. Yeah, man, that was awesome. He hit me up on Twitter and was like, hey, dude, I've officiated a couple weddings. Like, I'll send you my notes if you want them. And I was like. Hell yeah, send him over. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna study those and see how he uh, put his script together, and 
you know, work from there. I'm, I'm kind of getting uh, information from a, a lot of different sources. So everyone's been a really big help. I just got to not be super nervous, you know? Nice. Yeah. Well, it's good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, that's always good. Um, sidebar, I, I don't know if anybody just heard my phone ringing. Um, I just want to say I pulled up uh, like just a health insurance website and just like looked at some things real quick. Biggest mistake of my entire life. Don't anybody ever do this because all I'm getting now is calls just oh. all day of like agents trying to sell me health insurance. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. was just doing a little investigative work. Huge mistake. What I... I oh. I've made a, a, a massive error. How'd they get your number, bro? Because you have to input your information to get a quote. Oh, and, oh, yeah. Oh. So I was just, yeah, big, big. I've been, I did this like, I'm not kidding. When I'm not exaggerating when I say this, I did this like probably two to three hours ago, and I've gotten like probably upwards of twenty calls. It's been unbe- oh, it's that's, been, it's, that's... been un- it's been unbearable terrible dude block those numbers they'll just keep calling you very true well nobody's here to listen to me complain about uh phone numbers <laughs> uh we're gonna jump right in rip open the mail satchel here and get to some of the emails that we've gotten first one comes in hey Matts, i'm in a 12 team redraft auction league with standard scoring and i came up with a new strategy this year while drinking whiskey gingers on a plane nice i, I I'm, a, I'm a fan of whiskey gingers i'm not big like mixed drink guy but if you're gonna do them i'm, I'm in on whiskey gingers i call very it- classic very good. I call it the week nine buy plan. The strategy is to do studs and duds with studs all having week nine buys. Teams on buys are Chicago, Cleveland, Los Angeles, Chargers, Minnesota, New England, and Pittsburgh. I want to get Le'Veon Bell, Brady, Gronk, and hopefully either Jordan Howard or Melvin Gordon. My wide receivers will be bums, but there's a lot of depth to the position this year. I figure that except for week nine, I'll have my best players uh, always playing while other people are setting running back wide receiver threes instead of ones during the heat of the season. Am I crazy like a fox or am I destined for an 11th place finish? Again, most sincerely, Jason. What is your reaction to this? My reaction, uh, let's peel back the curtain a little bit. Jason is a close uh, family friend of mine. We actually commission a a dynasty league together. So he's looking for some advice on another league that he's been in for a few years. So I want to try to give him some good feedback here. So you stuffed the ballot box and got him uh, first on the list here. Mm, That's that's correct. He's he's up to date on all the podcasts. I just talked to him on the phone a little while ago. He's a a fan of the Hipsters podcast. So thanks, Jason. I want to give him some good feedback here. So... Look, first of all, if you're building your team around Bell, Gronk, and uh, Brady, and Howard, or Melvin Gordon, like you're already off to a good start. Those are studs. Uh, in an auction league, obviously, you can get whoever you want as long as you're willing to pay for it. So it's not like he has to worry about draft position. Um, and in a standard scoring league, I like you know prioritizing running backs is the way to go anyway, in my opinion. So I like where he's at here. He can get these wide receivers later. Like he said, there's a lot of value at the position there this year now with all those teams on by you're basically in week nine all those teams are on by you're basically punting that week right you're basically like look i want all my studs on by one week i know i'm gonna take a loss but it's gonna give me the advantage over everyone else especially during the heart of the, the bye weeks in week eight and week 11 and week nine six teams are on on by all three of those weeks so I'm kind of into this strategy, strategy, to be honest. I mean, I know there's no such thing as a sure thing in fantasy. Like, you can't guarantee all these guys are going to stay healthy. You can't guarantee they're all going to be studs. But I think you're definitely giving yourself a better chance at surviving uh, and gaining ground on your league during the heart of the bye weeks this way. 
Yeah, I tried to just never overthink bye week stuff. Like, you know, whatever's going to happen is going to happen during a draft. If I end up with a lot of guys on the same bye week kind of by accident, whether he's doing it on purpose here, I'm I'm okay with that because, yeah, it's it's, kind of like you just said, you dominate all other weeks, and then that one week you're just kind of okay with the fact like it's going to be a punt week and and you just know that going in. So I'm in on that. I think it can work, Jason. So, you know, try try it and let us us know how it goes since apparently you get preferential treatment here on this podcast. uh, He sure does. (laughs) All right, next question comes in. Dearest Matt and Matt, long-time listener, second-time questioner. Often hear people being referred to as friend of the show. At what point does this become a thing? Is this a quality of treat versus quantity of tweets deal? Is it graded on a curve whereby once friends of the show are replaced? Uh, intrigued. Also, side note, neither of your major sponsorship outside the U.S. problematic for New Zealand listener to stop looking like a bum with this being the case. Advice? Question mark. Kindest regards from New Zealand, Joel. Well, I don't know about the shipping outside of the U.S. thing. That's something that will, uh, you know, we're we're obviously not sponsored by like the the. I mean, we're sponsored by some some dope people, some some yeah. some some guys that are you know kind of on the up and up, you know, up and coming guys. But you know, we're not we're not sponsored by the 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 most well you know rich products or whatever. So we're working on it. Hey, and if people keep making them big on this podcast, then maybe they'll start shipping out uh, side of the U.S. So that would be my advice on on that. But. In terms of the friend of the show thing, I think it's just well for one, it's just an easy thing to like throw around, but I think it's a I think it's more of a quantity thing. Like if we hear from like Adrian Charlie's a good example. I think I've called him friend of the show. I hear from him a lot on Twitter and on uh in the email questions. Uh also he was uh one of the people that submitted a question to like or submitted an audio clip to like Backyard Banter episode 50. So, you know, you hear from people a lot they're friends of the show. Obviously friend of the show is someone that has come on the show before too. So, that would be my answer to that question. I think it's more of a quantity thing. Now, I have a question for Joel now. Is this his version of like a subtweet to us to try to become a friend of the show? Is that what he's trying to get out of this? Well, he's think? a second time questioner, so I guess he's kind of on his way uh, to trying to make himself a friend of the show. But hey, um, bribery is a good way to, to become a friend of the show. Uh, so so True. Are, you know, I don't True. know. There's there's plenty of there's plenty of ways. There's no one way to the mountaintop. But but good luck to you. Those aspiring uh, to be friends of the show is also probably <laughs> want to aspire to something better. Uh, good luck to you. <laughs> next question. Hey hipsters, love your work. Question here related to a friendly bet me and Harmon had before the draft, which I have yet to pay up on. But we'll, we'll get to that. Um, who in your mind has the better three year fantasy projection between Chris Godwin and Carlos Henderson? Thanks, Justin Twell, who is definitely a friend of the show. Um, Justin, uh, he's, you know, he and I have talked about Carlos Henderson versus Chris Godwin before. I think the better path to immediate playing time was Carlos Henderson. Cause after Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, there's like zero on that Broncos depth chart. So if he gets healthy and gets in there, I think you could play like a small role as a, as a big play option in year one, but three year wise, uh, I think I would go with Chris Godwin. Cause I think he's the slightly better prospect and, you know, after I think Deshaun Jackson in two years from now could be kind of ready to uh, ready to move on to the next step. So I think Godwin could be the player that, that's in line for more opportunity in terms of high volume of targets. I like that. And you also got to consider the quarterback situation. I think Jameis Winston's going to be around Tampa Bay for a long time. And we don't know. We don't even know who the quarterback is going to be in Denver this year because it's going to be a competition. But, I mean, that's just something to consider when you're thinking about long-term stuff. Yeah, and even as I say that, the answer actually – I can 
talk myself into Henderson too, just because like I think he's a really great prospect too. And like in three years from now, both Emmanuel Sanders and and uh, Demarius Thomas could could both be gone, or or definitely in the twilight section of their career. Whereas Mike Evans should still be in his prime um, and still entrenched as a number one. He also just drafted a tight end in the first round, so maybe I can tell you both. I can tell you both stories. So I'm actually going to switch my answer and say Carlos Henderson, not not Chris. Oh, yeah, nice. Just just purely because of the the potential path for opportunity, which is hard to predict. But uh, so yeah. there you have it. Next question. Matthias and Franciscovich Scott Key. I like that. Very clever. <laughs> another friend yeah, of the show. This is Chad, another friend of the show. He's good at he's good at these questions. Uh the dog days of summer and fantasy mocks are here, and I keep coming across Doug Baldwin, and I'm less interested in him as a receiver than a cup of coffee served from that swill fountain known as a percolator. <laughs> the Seahawks O line has more weak spots than well, I don't need what is that? Pacoma? 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 I don't know what that is. I don't know. They're hipsters VR. Yeah, right. Their quarterback is showing a vampire weekend style of gradual decline. Nice. Uh and I hate, in- I hate that man. They had Sorry. some good they had no, they had some good songs. I mean but yeah, their their last couple bits were pretty like oof. Yeah. I don't know. They're they're definitely they're definitely an overrated band, in my opinion. I think people like that like them are trying a little too hard. Um, yeah. And their internal tensions remain tighter than my financial situation after investing in a typewriter repair they're coming back bros is he draftable at his current price really later sweet potato tater chad gaver uh i i like doug baldwin i don't think much has changed between the last three like over the last three years and um baldwin has been a guy that you know he scored all those touchdowns in 2015 and he caught over 90 passes last year. You know, he's he's not a player that's going to be consistent week to week, but he's and he's but he definitely has high highs. Um, he's certainly capable of those spike weeks. But you also kind of know what I think what you're getting from him, which is like a back half wide receiver one type of season from from a year long perspective. Those numbers are going to get put up. So I like Doug Baldwin. I think he's like as as pretty easy to predict as any of these top wide receivers. And he, he goes in the range ADP wise of guys like Deandre Hopkins and Allen Robinson, who I think have much higher or much wider range of outcomes where I could see them, you know, being potential. Well, not really Hopkins, but I mean, I could see both being like wide receiver ones, but I could also see them cratering to like the twenties. And I don't see that from Doug Baldwin. Yeah. I mean, his ADP on fantasy pros right now is 30 overall. He's the wide receiver 14. So like end of third, beginning of the fourth round, uh, like you said, in 2015 and 2016, he had pretty consistent production, except, you know, his touchdowns blew up in 2015. They kind of, he kind of regressed the mean last year, uh, but not a lot has changed in Seattle in the receiving core other than Tyler Lockett, like maybe getting healthy. Mm-hmm. So like Baldwin's still the guy there. They just re-upped him on a huge contract He's basically a lock for at least 100 targets. Uh, And he mentioned, uh, Chad mentioned uh, Russell Wilson declining. I don't think he's declining. I just think he had a bad year. They had no run game last year. He was banged up for a lot of the year. Uh, So given his production the last two seasons, I think Doug Baldwin, we can kind of rely on him where he's going at his current ADP. He can be a consistent wide wide receiver too on a weekly basis in a, in a fantasy lineup. So yeah, I I like him where he's going. Yeah. The Russell Wilson part of that question was the one that I actually, yeah, I would definitely disagree with while I would say the one thing that is declining is like my willing or my interest in hearing anything that Russell Wilson has to say or do in public. Cause he's, (laughs) 
just obnoxious. Yeah. But he had a 3.8 touchdown rate last year. That was by far his career low. Throughout his career, he's he's averaged a 5.6. And his from his rookie year on, he's had 6.6, 6.4, 4.4, 7.0, and 3.8. Like, I think that touchdown rate definitely comes up. Um, and he gets back into that maybe high 20s, low 30s in terms of touchdown passes. So I, I, w- I like Wilson to kind of bounce back this this year as well. So I, I'm definitely cool with Doug Baldwin. I th- it sounds like we both are. Yeah. Now- Yo, before before we move on, we're idiots because Pacoima is a city in the San Fernando Valley, like just north of Los Angeles. Welp. I'm not from L.A. I'm, I'm, I, I've only been there two years. Give me a break. Uh, I just wanted to clear that up so we didn't catch any flack from Southern California people. Yeah, we almost certainly will catch flack either way, even if we correct it. <laughs> Next question. Hey, guys, I have a beer question first. What advice do you give me? I just can't stand IPAs or any dark beer. I've tried a ton of different brands and flavors and no luck yet. I don't want to be stuck drinking watered down beer. Now for a fantasy football question. Uh, well, let's actually let's first deal with the beer thing first. So, what kind of suggestions do you have if he wants to drink nice beer but doesn't really like IPAs or, or dark beers? My go tos are like a wheat beer, a wit, a wit beer, uh, something you can put like a, a orange slice in that's good with citrus. Those are good for summertime. I also go for uh, pilsners and saisons as my like go to light beers. Saisons are good. That's a good recommendation. I think you can. I mean, you can get a high quality pilsner that's not like you know Miller Light or something like. You know, yeah. we've, we've we've mentioned Mama's Little Yellow Pills on here before as a recommendation as a good pilsner. That's a good one that's pretty commonly available. I would I would recommend that to listeners. And there's there's plenty of others. So I would just say go to like your local you know high end bar and check out what kind of pilsners or 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 whatever they have there. Um, I I, th- I think ambers are pretty tolerable even if you kind of like light beer there or if you don't really like dark beer. I think you can get away with it with a good amber. Now for the fantasy question. Yeah. What do you see Richard Matthews doing this year? He did have an amazing year uh, in 2016, but what will Corey Davis and, and now Eric Decker do to his value? Thanks for the help and love the show. A fan in Flippin, Arkansas. Yes, the town is called Flippin. Tyler wow. Watson. Yeah, pretty great, great town name. Um, Richard Matthews is like is literally a, a nobody to me this year. I, I think he's wow. I don't even think he won. I don't think he's that good of a player. Like, I think he's just a guy. I think he's a number three receiver. I think he will be the number three receiver on that team. Eric Decker is going to come in and I would, he, he's my favorite to lead the team in targets. Uh, he's also probably, you know, the heavy favorite for red zone usage and, and uh, Richard Matthews definitely made do on a high touchdown rate last year, which I, I would expect to come down anyways. So I, I don't want any. I have I have no interest in Matthews as like probably the number three or four target uh, at best on a low volume passing offense. You know, I didn't even mention Delaney Walker is also going to command his fair share of looks too. Really, I don't I don't really know if I'm going to be all that interested in taking anybody from the Tennessee passing game at at their projected price. Yeah, I mean, Rashard Matthews' value is just inflated because of those nine touchdowns last year. But like you said, you can't like you can't count on that again. Uh, so like he was wide receiver 14 in standard scoring, uh, but he fell to wide receiver 21 in PPR because he only had 65 receptions. So like those nine touchdowns really boosted his value. And that's definitely not going to happen again with Decker. You mentioned Delaney Walker, DeMarco Murray catches passes around the end zone in, in the red zone. Um, and I mean, Delaney Walker had 
the same exact number of receptions as Richard Matthews last year, 600, and Walker had 800 yards and seven touchdowns. So, I mean, Decker, Davis, Walker, Matthews is definitely falling down the totem there uh, for in terms of uh, who Marcus Mariota is going to be looking at. So, uh, yeah, I, I think he's a late-round, like, flyer at best. Like, he's going to be a bench guy. You're not going to start him unless it's a really deeper league. So... Next question. Hi, Mats. I just had my first experience with French press coffee, and I need to have more. Yeah, I believe it. By the nice. way, I've been living off Keurig coffee here at my mom and, and yeah, and my dad's house, too, and it's it's been rough. Uh, I, I need to have, like, uh, probably, like, four or five cups just to even get to, like, a functional level. Cause oh, my just, God. That's terrible. It's, just, it's so watered down. I'm sure my stomach is, like, just in hell, but... You know, whatever it is, what it is. Um, in your hipster opinions, where can I get the best French press that won't break the bank? Also, how early is too early for Devontae Adams? Drafted him as early as the third round, but caught some flack for it in my mock. Best, Benjamin. Um, in terms of the French press, I would try to go to kind of like a uh, – like I go to the the, the Market Plus, the uh, – what's oh gosh, what's that place called? Um I, I don't know, but it's it's right down the street from me. I, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like oh, it's like it's the world market. It's like the world. So it's like a you know kind of a earthy little type of you know crafty looking place. So I'd recommend going to a place like that. I got my French press there for I think like twenty or thirty dollars. Well worth it. Um, so I, I would go to try to go to a place like that. Uh, and you know, maybe not maybe steer clear of any sort of like you know getting one from you know I don't know Target or something. I did a little research. Oh, you came prepared, uh, I, huh? I found one. I found one that online said best bang for your buck. It's only twenty three ninety five on Amazon. It's called the Sterling Pro French Coffee Press, eight cups, one liter, thirty four ounces, chrome baby. Chrome. I think that I think that's actually literally what I have. So yeah, there you go. Yeah, you I mean hit. Hey, yo. If you by the way, if you don't, I mean, I'm not gonna say get Amazon Prime because Amazon's not sponsoring the show. But maybe you get yourself some Amazon Prime and you get that self, you get that thing shipped to you. Damn right. Two days flat. Uh, so how, how do you feel about Devontae Adams in the third round? Where, where are you with Adams for, for 26 or for 2017? Uh, so right now, the third round is a little above his ADP. He's a wide receiver, 19 going 41st overall, according to fantasy pros. Uh, I th- think that's like beginning uh, end of the fourth, beginning of the fifth round on average. So if you're getting, taking him in the third round, you're reaching a little bit, but if you want to reach, if you want to get your guy and you need to reach for it, I say go for it. We did a uh, NFL Media 12 team mock draft a few weeks ago, and our buddy from Fantasy Sports Network, Jake Seeley, actually had first overall pick. So he was picking on the turn uh, at the end of the second and beginning of the third round, and he took Devontae Adams there at the turn, and we gave him some crap for it in the chat room. And he defended his take and said, I think he's a lock for double-digit touchdowns again this year. So if you believe in that from Devontae Adams, by all means, reach for him. It's a little bit of a reach, but go get him in the third round. I mean, he was a top 10 wide receiver in standard and PPR last year. Had 121 targets, 75 receptions, 12 touchdowns. He was actually the only wide receiver who finished in the top 20 in PPR scoring to have fewer than 1,000 receiving yards. Um, he had 997 yards. So that's a little interesting. His, his touchdown total definitely helped out his fantasy value, obviously. And Aaron Rodgers is his quarterback. He's averaged 36.3 passing touchdowns per season over the last three seasons. And in two of the last three years, 
Aaron Rodgers has produced two top 10 fantasy wide receivers. So if you think Randall Cobb might fall off or Jordy Nelson is declining a little bit and Devontae Adams is the new go-to guy there, he's well worth taking in the third round, in my opinion. So I think it's – I'm not in on Adams in the third round at all, even at his current ADP. Actually, to be honest with you, I don't, I've been thinking that I don't want to take – any of the Green Bay wide receivers in either Jordy Nelson or Jordy Cobb or Devontae Adams at their current price because I think that thing's going to get spread around a lot. You know, they have Martellus Bennett there now, too. Ty Montgomery, I think, is going to demand his fair share of looks. Uh, so I think it could be a situation where none of them meet their current priced in ceilings and they all are, they're all fine in fantasy, but they just don't return that value. Uh, you mentioned Devontae Adams' touchdown. Uh, he had 12 his touchdown rate was 9.9 which is not like egregiously high but that's but that's pretty freaking high and our buddy tj hernandez friend of the show tj hernandez uh (laughs) he he actually just put out an updated article of a a thing he does every year it's like which are the which are the most predictable year-to-year stats for wide receivers and touchdown rate which is you know touchdowns to targets that's the the second or the third lowest correlated statistic year to year so it's not something that happens like just because you score a lot of touchdowns one year does not mean you're going to score a lot of touchdowns every single year. Uh, so it only had a point one five correlation, which if you know anything about correlations, that's not, not you can't even really call that a correlation. So I would say I, Adams is a player to avoid at that price because I could easily see him, you know, being a nine hundred yard guy again, but just maybe four or five touchdowns. Like by no means do I think he's a lock for that. So I, I would back away from Adams at that price. Well, it seems like we disagree there, buddy. Well, so so it would seem. Next question comes in. <laughs> Phil Murphy, first for my hipster cred, I play in a cover band as the as the house band in Victory Beer Hall in Philly. Victory Brewing is based in Dowingtown, Pennsylvania. Downingtown. Um, Downingtown. I, it's hard for me to read, you know. Uh, <laughs> mo- <laughs> Golden Monkey will get you wrecked, but I prefer summer love this time of year. I'm actually going to be in Philly some point uh, tomorrow, actually. So, yeah, but this is maybe if I'm down in a bar, I'll try some of this. Um, anyway, playing a 10 team uh, Dynasty Keeper League, need help on my last spot. Ebron, Kenny Britt, or Big Ben? Two flex, half PPR, um, and then he sent us some. Uh, he sent us some some stuff of his band, so we'll definitely check that out. But out of those three, who do you like for his last spot? Uh, Eric Ebron, Kenny Britt, or Big Ben? To me, Eric Ebron is a no brainer here for a, a keeper, yeah. uh, and it's, it's it's dynasty keeper league. He's the youngest. He's only twenty four. He's already got three years under his belt. Uh, he has yet to play in all sixteen games in a season in three years because he's just been banged up with injuries. Um, each year. And he actually came out and said, I was really, really banged up last year. There's, you know, there's stuff that like you guys saying to the media, you guys didn't even know about that. I was injured on the injury reporters, ankle and knee stuff. And he kind of played through it, missed a few games, but um, uh, he didn't, I think he only scored one touchdown last year. Um, but that's because Anquan Bolden was hogging all the, all the red zone targets there. Anquan Bolden had eight touchdowns. Bolden's gone. And they haven't really brought anyone in to replace that role. I know maybe Golden Tate will work out of the slot a little bit. But Ebron is that guy, I think, who's going to inherit those looks around the end zone because he's so big. He's a, he's an athletic tight end. He was drafted in the first round. Like they're, The Lions are invested in this kid. They picked up his fifth-year his, his fifth option already. So that's a sign that they want to have him around. Uh, they think he's going to develop into a stud. All the word out of camp or mini camps is that he's only getting better 
Um, he actually, despite his low touchdown total, he actually finished eighth in receiving yards among tight ends last year with 711 yards, which is a career high. He's gotten better each year. Um, so I think he's going to be in for a high-volume season. As long as he can stay healthy, he should be a stud this year and for years to come, at least a top-10 guy at the position. Uh, so that's my take. I think E. Brown is the take just because he's the youngest and is in line for the biggest biggest season this year. And I, I don't I'm not really down with keeping quarterbacks, especially old ones like Big Ben. I pretty much agree with everything you just said. So we're going to just keep it moving. Cool. Uh, <laughs> next question comes in Chelsea Mick Mick Man. She sent in a uh, pronunciation uh, <laughs> guide there, which was kind of her. Uh, love the podcast. As an avid Packers fan, I always try to get at least one Packer on my fantasy team. It usually ends up being Mason Crosby, but I'm hoping to get one of the skill position players for some of my teams. Who do you think is the better value out of Nelson or Adams? Or are they both going too early? Do you think Cobb is in line for a bounce-back season? Should I focus rather on Martellus Bennett as my main tight end late in the draft? And how early is too early for Ty Montgomery? If you got, if you get a chance, definitely check out some beers from the Northwest. Washington and Oregon breweries are known for their delicious IPAs. Throwback to the Deschutes Fresh Squeeze Brandon mentioned on the pod. Thanks, guys. Good callback to the Deschutes. It's a, it's a good beer. So we just kind of talked about the Packers, and I, and I said that I, I'm not interested in any of the three at their at their ADP. If I had to pick one, it would probably be Cobb just because he's going pretty late. But even, you know, I've seen I've seen people some people tout Cobb as like a value. But even at like wide receiver 37, like I look at some of the players going around him, you know, Pierre Garçon, Emmanuel Sanders, et cetera, et cetera. I, I want all those guys over Randall Cobb, so I can't be too uh, bullish on on him as a value there. Uh, I like Martellus Bennett as you know one of the t- what's what's his current ADP? Do you do you have it pulled up in front of you? Uh, give me one sec. But uh, it, our buddy, by the way, our buddy Alex Gelhar over at NFL.com just wrote an entire article on just Martellus Bennett and why he's all in on him this year. So go check that out if uh, you guys have time. I could have just summed it up for you in one word: Homer. Oh uh, well, there's that. He's he. <laughs> He's going, uh, he's the tight end nine, uh, according to fantasy pros, ADP, he's going 83 overall. So that's like ninth roundish. Yeah, that's fine. That's totally fine with me. Like eighth, ninth round for Bennett is, is cool. I think he's going to be a presence in the red zone there. I think he could, I think he could have a career year. Uh, there's been some effective play out of tight ends in green Bay. You know, Jared cook had his moments last year, but I, and I think Martellus Bennett is a much, much better player than Jared cook. Uh, and I'm in on Montgomery. And I think in the fourth round of a PPR league, I'm totally in on taking him there in the fifth round. He's kind of like an auto pick. If he's still there, I think he holds that yeah. job the entire year. Uh, so he's not somebody I'm scared of at all. So if you're, if you're really bullish on a Packer, I think, I think you can get freaky with Ty Montgomery in the fourth, fifth round. And, and that's one of my favorite picks this year. I agree with you on Ty Montgomery. That's the guy I was going to pick for this question. Uh, As much as I believe in the rookies behind him, Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones, I mean, their narrative on Ty Montgomery has just been this, this dude's just doing everything he can to learn how to be a running back, learn how to pass block better. Physically, the dude is a freak. So uh, I'm in on Ty there in the fourth, fifth round for sure. That's, that's the dude I would target. Beautiful. And actually, our next question actually has to do with Ty Montgomery as well. Uh, Jack asks, he says, my only concern with Ty Montgomery is is the issue with sickle cell trait last year, which could potentially limit his workload. What are your thoughts? Um, I try not to give too in-depth reasoning with with medical stuff because I don't really know, but I feel encouraged that they seemed to get a handle on that pretty quickly last year, and he finished the stretch. Uh, He finished down the stretch, you know, as the... um, as the main back. So I'm not really worried about it. 
Yeah, and if you are concerned, you can, you know, take Jamal Williams in the last round as like a handcuff because they did, you know, they they added a couple rookies for depth there and I think, you know, this might be part of the reason, but you you can't go into the season just kind of uh assuming that he's going to he's going to have a limited workload because of a sickle cell thing. You just got to draft him and hope he's going to be a beast. Yeah, I think the only thing that holds him back is pass protection. If he can't figure out pass protection, that was the thing that was pulling him out of games like in the playoffs and in some of the later games of the year was, you know, he'd get Aaron Rodgers killed and he'd be like, you know, get this. Evan Silva did a good job of talking about that on this podcast. Like, just get, you know, get him out of there, bring in Ripkowski or whatever. So that's the only thing that I think holds Tom Montgomery back from being uh, a top 15 back in PPR leagues, you know, a lock. But yeah. All right. Next question. Hey, Matt. I guess I have the first pick of a 10 team PPR league this year, which means I'm picking on the turn at the early uh, at the end of the second and beginning of the third. I really can't get excited about taking any players that are going with that ADP. I was wondering if you, Matt, feel the same way uh, or or if there are players that you really like at the turn on those spots. Our league has two flex position. Thanks, Brandon. Um, yeah, I, I think there are, I think there are plenty of players that are, are interesting around there. You know, Demarius Thomas is around there at times. Um, I, and I think, honestly, I think this could be a nice, a nice season for, for Demarius. I'm kind of talking myself into him, uh, so more as the, as the time goes on. Um, you know, Doug Baldwin, I talked about why I really like him earlier. He can, he can sometimes be there around at that two, three turn. Uh, so there's, there's plenty of players and, and especially like, if you load up on a early running back, of course, which is probably the way you're going to go with a first round pick, and by chance Rob Gronkowski makes it to that two three turn, I love the idea of having a the like a, a, an unfair positional advantage at both running back and tight end with both of those players there. So I think there's there's a few options to like. It's not as sexy as the back end of the first round and getting that first second round turn, but I think there are options that I like. Yeah, I mean, you, when you're on that turn, you sometimes you have to reach for a guy. Like, if you really want a guy, I think Isaiah Crowell is another guy you could reach for. Like, at the beginning of the third round, uh, he's got some upside. He's gotten better each year. You know, they're going to give him more work in Cleveland. Hopefully that offense has improved. Um, and you mentioned Doug Baldwin. I also kind of like Alshon Jeffrey. I know a lot of people in the in the fantasy industry are kind of down on Jeffrey just because the Eagles' offense is kind of conservative, but... I don't know. I've been drawn to Jeffrey and Mox. I would feel good with him as my wide receiver, too. Yeah, we talked about Jeffrey on the last Mail Satchel episode, I feel like, right? Yeah. Or, 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 yeah. The, or the, yeah. the flagship one uh, with uh, two two episodes ago. So, yeah, I'm, I I agree with you. I've, I'm talking myself more and more into Alshon, so I think I might end up okay with that. Um, nice. Next question. Hey, Next and final email question. Hey, hipsters, I'm going to ask this now because I know in the middle of the season it will be harder to get questions answered. Do you know anywhere that does rest-of-season rankings throughout the year? I always have trouble weighing the value of trades in the middle of the season. Uh, no, I, I I think there are there are probably places out there. I don't know off the top of my head. Uh, it looks like Franchise is saying he does. Uh, but let me just give you my thoughts on this. I don't really, I don't really care for rest-of-season rankings. Um well, I mean, I think it's pretty well established. I don't really care about rankings in general. Um, but rest of season rankings don't really do for much for me, especially when deciding 
uh, what to do with trades because I think you want to get things that are going to benefit both of your rosters. And there's just a lot that I, there's there's way too much ambiguity to be like this guy's going to be great, better than this guy for the rest of the season. It's I like to just think of things on a week to week perspective, not a rest of season perspective. But that's just me, anyways. Franchise, tell this guy where he can actually find helpful information, not just my rambling. All right, so you know I dug deep and went to Google on this one, and uh, I put rest of season fantasy rankings in the search bar and hit enter. And it gave me back some solid results. So uh, the first one is fantasypros.com. They have some really cool research tools. Um, they have what's called the matchup calendar, which gives you – you can sort by position. And it gives you every single week of the season and the team that that player is going against and the fantasy points against. So it puts, like, the easy teams in, in green and the harder teams in red. And then the middle of the pack teams are in black. So you can kind of pinpoint the easier matchups at each position. And then they, that is updated as the season goes. They also have um, a strength of schedule thing that you can look at that updates as the uh you can sort by position that updates as the season goes on um so you can target that like if you're looking to do research for trades and stuff like that uh, numberfire.com has remaining year player projections fftoday.com has rest of the re- rest of the way rankings harrisfootball.com which is run by chris harris formerly of espn has his own rest of season rankings Dave Richard at CBS.com has a weekly fantasy football trade values column that always has a ton of insight. And the fantasyauthority.com also has rest of season rankings. So there are some resources for you, Brandon. Well, I'll tell you what. If you want to look good the rest of the summer and into the rest of the year for fall and winter, you check out the sponsor of this podcast, Marciante and Company. Look, these guys are a new up-and-coming shoe company that is just putting out these awesome products that we are really excited about, that our listeners are going to be really excited about. Marciante and Company is a new quality shoe brand promising to revolutionize the industry. Their genuine leather shoes, boots, and accessories are made from top leathers and are carefully crafted to last a lifetime. The best part, it won't cost you half your paycheck. By selling directly to you online and cutting out the middleman, Marciante and Company is able to slash retail prices and pass those savings on to you so look i was at i was at the i was at the mall earlier today with with my with my mom with my mom real cool um, <laughs> nice we were at the we were at the we were at the uh the the nike outlet store got some sick discounted stuff there uh but then we went to nordstrom rack after and i was looking at all these shoes and i gotta <laughs> tell you the one thing i was just thinking the whole time was like i am very excited to get my hands on some quality handmade leather shoes from Marciante and company, not this overpriced trash in the store here, even at Nordstrom rack. I'm like, I'm not paying for this much for shoes when you can do so with Marciante and company handmade quality stuff from people you can trust. Yo, these, they, they got some wing tips on their website. Those look awesome. I'm kind of wishing I, I got myself a pair of those wing tips. Those are slick, but yeah, we're looking forward to getting these shoes and, and uh, letting you guys know how they fit and feel and uh, quality goods from from a good company. So, And you all can look forward to getting the shoes yourself. What we want you to do right now, they're launching their first line in July, so we want you guys to help us prep for it. We want you to follow them on social media, at Marciante right. and Company. That's M-A-R-C-I-A-N-T-E and Co. on Twitter. And also check out their website, marciante and Co.com. 
get ready for their launch in July, and we'll be promoting them more uh, here throughout that. So we're we're pretty excited about this sponsor. Yeah, man. All right, let's head open to the Twitter questions section of the Mail Satchel episode. First one comes in from at fourteen Team Mocker, friend of the show, real Who? life, f- real life friend too. Uh, some, someone. <laughs> Uh, 14-team Mocker. Uh, he, he, he's a pal. He's a pal. Uh, hello. Wow. First time, long time. Are you aware you've become that guy you've never heard, who never heard the Grateful Dead a month ago and now tweets about them daily? Uh, he asked that question specifically to you. Uh, this is Everything about this question is false, fake news. I've known who the Grateful Dead are for decades because I'm old as hell. True. And no... I don't tweet about them. I retweet, I retweet their tweets, and I tweet songs that I'm listening to. Okay, what's wrong with being a fan of a band, huh? What, what you got beef with me, 14 Team Mocker? What's going on here, buddy? Sounds, sounds like he's got some beef with you. I'm not, allowed, I'm not allowed to tweet about the music I like? Come on. Come on, man. Huh. All right, next question. <laughs> Comes in from at Ben L. Dovin. Uh, Harmon and Franchise, thanks for answering my question on the pod. Uh, he asked about Mike Williams in our last mail satchel. Do you think Mike Williams is a value at startup ADP 50 overall in Dynasty? Uh, yeah. 50 overall? 50th overall. I, I don't know. Oh, oh, I get it. I get it. No, nah, I, I don't think so, man. There are that, so many more established players that you can get that are, are known commodities that you can get in that range, you know? Yeah, he just—I mean—he doesn't have a great immediate path to wide receiver one production, or, or maybe even right. wide receiver two production right away. I mean, I—I I think that Mike Williams, the prospect, gets slandered on too much by weenies trying to be cool. Like I said last mm-hmm. week, uh, right. but I, I think his dynasty price right now at fifty overall is is pretty fair. Next question comes in from. The at the Casey Kasem, Casey Kasem asks some, some good questions. She's approaching friend of the show territory. We'll we'll we'll, we'll give her that as we're talking about friends of the show here. Uh, nice. When you when you check in on Yelp, sometimes it'll ask, "Is this place hipster?" How do you feel about that? And how do you know if a place is hipster? I have a lot of the feelings on this actually because so recently when I went to Montreal, I was I like somehow became the Yelp guy there because I was like. Which is not a not a good look for me because I'm normally not a planner. It's not a thing that I do. Uh, however, our first two places that we ate at sucked, and I was like, "This is not happening." I came on this trip to eat. Damn it! So we're gonna eat well. Like, and I'll be the Yelp guy. So now I'm in on Yelp. I'm I'm on Yelp checking out things sometimes, like just randomly, just to be prepared about what's gonna be in an area that I'm at. And I don't know about like calling a place hipster. I don't even know what that really means. I mean, I don't know what I don't really even know what being a hipster is. I, I just play one in this little world that we are uh so i don't certainly don't know what makes a place hipster i like is it just it has like craft beer and a an ironic atmosphere i don't know i don't need that on on yelp please be clear don't call a place hipster tell me what's really going on there if if on yelp someone calls a place hipster then it's definitely not hipster and if you have to ask if it's hipster then it's not hipster like no all right you don't you don't inquire about the vibe of hipsterness. You just kind of go experience it and then come out with your come out with your takes, you know? Right. Well, franchise is actually a real hipster, so he's the expert on this discussion. So um I'm I'm just I'm just kind of riding his coattails at this point. 
Next question. At Ken and Tonic, which, by the way, is a pretty good Twitter name, who is the biggest loser with Eric Decker signing with the Titans? Corey Davis, Taewon Taylor, or someone else? Um, we co- covered Richard Matthews earlier. I think he's the easiest big loser, and, and I don't think Taewon Taylor has any year one fantasy value at all um, it, it, with the addition of Eric Decker. I didn't really think he had any to begin with, but he might play some snaps as a deep threat, but I, I don't see Taylor as valuable at all. And Corey Davis, I think, will still probably be second on the team, in tar- second or third on the team in targets, but I don't think he'll have predictable value week to week. Agree. Biggest loser, uh, Richard Matthews. Let's move on. Next question, at Lions underscore stuff one. What's your favorite strategy or roster, roster composition for MFL 10s? Just started getting into them. Love the show. Uh, I like to snag ah. one. Thank you. Um, I I like to snag like one anchor running back in um, in MFL tens and then mix in wide receivers afterwards. Uh, in terms of like round two, three, four, five, I tend to go pretty wide receiver heavy there after getting at least one one foundational back. Um, however, I think the the one thing that I would say like and there's a lot better like MFL ten strategist out there than than me. Uh, like I think that. At Beerswater, Mike Beers on Twitter is a great MFL 10 guy. Uh, Fantasy ADHD on Twitter, he's doing great work with the ADP and some of the strategy as well, too. So check out those guys on Twitter and, and check out their stuff. Um, but I, I definitely always go like late tight end and late quarterback. Um, I'm usually not taking either of those positions until the double-digit rounds um, because I, they're just much easier to deal with in a best ball format if you get – two quarterbacks three tight ends or or what have you i think i'm just much more comfortable with that than and hammering wide receiver and running back early yeah i always feel like if i don't go a running back with my first in the first round i'm always regretting it like in the in the in the next round and i'm like damn should have gone should have gone running back so i've been going running back heavy early i try to get like at least six running backs you know six or seven running backs on my roster because if somebody gets hurt or whatever like you can't replace them mid-season you just have to hope you have someone else who can kind of replace their value um but yeah actually you mentioned uh beers water they uh jj zacharyson late round quarterback on twitter just put out a whole podcast episode on mfl 10 roster composition the the late round podcast with jj zacharis and so look for that on twitter and uh that should have all the information you're looking for in terms of this question yeah it's, it's interesting you said you go running back heavy because like i said i like to get at least one foundational running back but i'm also pretty comfortable being uh being anti-fragile and kind of fading some running back only getting like maybe four of them because yeah i, I just if you can get so much more wide receiver firepower and like it's important to remember that with mfl 10s like you're not shooting for a floor and i think like replacement running backs are much more of a floor play than a ceiling play uh if i can get high scores at wide receiver you're trying to come in first in this or you're not trying to do anything at all so uh, i'm pretty okay with actually i disagree with you there a little bit i don't tend to go too running running back heavy but uh yeah i I mean i listened to that podcast i mentioned and mike the whole mike's whole thing was you can only draft three or four running backs like you're saying i just don't feel it's just like a kind of a like a psychological thing it doesn't feel right but that opens up uh he he mentioned some kind of stat about how running backs taken after the 15th round have a very very low chance of uh you know being valuable to you so you take your stud running backs early and then you 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 clean up on like high upside wide receivers late 
And then that gives you the variance you need, you know, in the later rounds out of the wide receivers. And then hopefully your stud running backs stay healthy. And that's one of the strategies he discussed on the podcast. Yeah. And, and defenses too. I know Mike is a big proponent of just, just wait as long as you can on defense. Cause like you talked about like the 15th round on running backs. It's pretty much the same thing at wide receiver. Like the hits there are not very good. Same with tight end, but the defense is like, you know, they're not going to get hurt. They're not going to get benched. Like they're going to yeah. be on the field and even a crappy defense will give you some weeks every now and again. So that's another thing to pay attention. Good, good MFL 10 banter there. I'm kind of getting yeah. the itch to do, to do a little more. I've barely done any this off season, but might, might tweet out a few for the listeners to do uh, in the next couple uh, of weeks. Next question. This is an odd one, too, and I don't know how to say this guy's uh, Nishleth. That's his Twitter handle, as I've said. Uh, what are the odds Matt Barkley wins the San Francisco quarterback job? What happens then? Uh, I don't give him very good odds. I think Brian Hoyer's the favorite to start the year if he's healthy. Uh, that's the only question is if uh, if Bark. I mean, if if Hoyer does get hurt, I think Barkley would probably be the favorite as a number two quarterback there. But um, I think that that would be a big detriment to the offense. Hoyer is an underrated player at this point, and I think losing him would be bad for San Francisco. But if, but if Hoyer's in there, I think that Hoyer's a, a pretty appealing QB two in in two quarterback leagues or super flexes, and uh, I think he could put up some big weeks here and there. I uh, I don't really have any takes on this because. I don't I don't know enough about Matt Barkley to have a take on him. That's so. fair. You don't have to have a take on everything. That's one of my <laughs> that's one of my life philosophies. Next question at <laughs> Shy Call Merman. Interesting. Hi hipsters. Do you believe you can run a successful team with David Njoku as your tight end 14 player for the 12 team uh league half point PPR? I think of all the rookie tight ends, I like Njoku the best. I think I might have mentioned on this show or another show that I did a dynasty rookie draft for one of my leagues, and I ended up taking Evan Ingram over David Njoku and regretted it immediately. Um, I think he's got the best uh, path to immediate playing time. You know, the, the the Browns released Gary Barnage right after they drafted him, so I think he's the favorite to start this year. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think you can do it. It's probably not what I prefer to do, but if, if you're going to rely on any rookie, I – I think Njoku could be the best bet. He's he could. I think he's gonna be really good, man. He's just crazy to watch. He's got great measurables and is just a freak show after the catch. Do you think he's gonna be one of these guys though that like you know the whole tight ends don't do anything as rookie type of deal, or do you think he, they just plug him in and he, he's he, he's takes off? Well, I mean, I think they don't have much of a choice. Like the only guy yeah. that I could reasonably see competing with him for the starting job there is Seth DeValve, and I wouldn't forget about Seth DeValve because he was a big athlete coming out of. Ivy League school last year, so uh, he's somebody I would watch for. But I'm looking at ADP right now. David Njoku's tight end 18 on Fantasy Football Calculator. Like if you're in a bind, I guess. But I just think that you're going to end up with probably somebody a little bit better. I mean, Eric Ebron at tight end 17, I think I like better. Even Austin Hooper at tight end 20, I feel a little bit better about. Um, so yeah, I think you're going to, you probably won't need to, if you're hopefully not in a situation where you're going to be leaning on him all year, I think you can play maybe a bit of a committee, uh, situation there. Yeah. I was going to suggest streaming too. If it doesn't work out, you can always stream. Yep. Next question. This one also, again, comes in from friend of the show, Justin Twell. He's covering both mediums here, email and Twitter at Justin 1278. (laughs) Would you ever eat peanut butter covered Brussels sprouts? No. I don't think I would either. That sounds disgusting. Yeah, it sounds gross. One, well, anything with peanut butter sounds gross because peanut butter sucks. That's a fact. Everybody knows that. But also, like, the thing with Brussels sprouts is, like, you want to, 
you want to get like a good seasoning on it. I don't want to cover it with with peanut butter like Brussels sprout. I mean, I'm not going to be like a freak show and tell you like I'd just love to munch on a plain Brussels sprout. It's like the fun part about sprouts is you can cook them and then accentuate like a really cool flavor if you, you like like a different seasoning. But then just covering it with peanut butter would would like take away the point, and it, it also wouldn't be like oh definitely if I if I put Brussels sprouts on this peanut butter that's going to make it better. No, <laughs> you're ruining a good thing with something trash, and the trash thing is peanut butter. Very strong takes there. Always. Next question at BD Peacock. He asks, what's worse, man bun or Cinnabon? Uh, Cinnabons are pretty gross for the record because they make you feel like hell uh, after you eat one. And it's like basically like I better take a nap. But man bun is man bun. Definitely worse than Cinnabon because Cinnabons can be can be real tasty, like some good homemade ones. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go man bun. I got to agree. I mean, there are ways to pull off the man bun, like in a classy, stylish way. But most of the time, it just looks like trash. You look like a bum. You look like a damn bum if you have a man bun. Oh, nice. And uh, I mean, who doesn't love a Cinnabon once in a while? Come on. They are tasty. Again, if they're made well, they're tasty. But normally, they're just too big and nap inducers. Anyways, next question at Tim underscore Monk 85, better fantasy prospect for this year, Jamison Crowder or Deshaun Jackson? That's a good question. Uh, I think I'm going to lean Crowder just because of the opportunity and target volume and Redskins offense is just kind of, uh, you know, high flying offense there. And I think Crowder's going to have a good year. Djax is kind of a boomer bust kind of guy. So I think you can kind of slot. Crowder into maybe your flex spot all season and just ride him where Djax you're going to be like you know trying to pick the weeks he goes off yeah I like I like Crowder's outlook better um and it's not like a PPR standard thing for me I think I like Crowder better in both formats uh I think like Deshaun Jackson's going to be exactly who he's been his entire career like he's been basically the same player about 100 to 100 to 110 targets you know maybe 900,000 yards and he's going to obviously have bigger big weeks and quiet weeks like you mentioned Crowder though I think has a pretty good chance to be like a 90 catch player uh, and a thousand yards in in Washington's offense this year. You know, we, we mentioned a few episodes ago he's playing in two wide receiver sets, which is great. I mean, he's going to be inside more than he is outside. And he's going to just get those better, more consistent, a low a dot targets. So give me Crowder. Uh, and I feel, for some reason, I feel a lot more passionate about it than I than I thought I did when I first saw the question, and it was a bit of a debate. So there you go. Next and final question of the week at Tolomian underscore Dan. Can I get some love for Marvin Jones? He's at worst a number two option in a pass-heavy offense, but his ADP is 150 on NFL Fantasy. Uh, I like this. Qu- I like this question because I, I, Marvin Jones is definitely look. We know he started off last year hot. I mean, incredibly hot. He was the top scoring receiver in all of fantasy after three weeks, and then did yeah. just about nothing the rest of the way. But he is deeply discounted at wide receiver 48. Uh, he goes off in the board in the 11th round. I think he's going to still have some pretty big weeks, and he's pretty much a lock for 120 targets as the Lions are currently constructed right now. So wide receiver 48, yeah, I think that's a, a, a pretty big-time value. I like where I like where he's ha- his head's at here. I just think I, I, like, I like him as a value pick. I just think you can't really rely on him as a consistent guy. I think uh, Stafford's going to spread the ball around. A lot more, you know, theoretic Amir Abdullah is healthy. They both can catch out of the backfield. Ebron's getting back there. We already talked about him. They got Kenny Galladay, the rookie. They got Golden Tate. Now they got Marvin Jones. So I think he's going to have his weeks, but I don't know if you're going to be able to tell when they're coming. 
Yeah, he's more of a splash week player. And I think in weaker cornerback, weaker secondary matchups, you can rely on Jones because last year it was pretty clear he was just overmatched as like their X receiver. Uh, exactly. Pretty just heads up, people be checking out for like next gen stats content coming out next season because they're giving out a lot more data to the public this year. They've shown me some early glimpses and I'm really excited about it. No receiver saw more press coverage or defenders closer at the line of scrimmage to him than, than Marvin Jones. And I think that was a big reason yeah. why he tailed off at the end of last year. So keep an eye out on that. But that'll do it nice. for Friday's edition of the Mail Satchel episode. Franchise, you got anything you want to plug or anything you want to say before we get out of here? No, just. Happy Friday. Enjoy the weekend, you bums. Yeah, you bums. And while you're at it, go check out receptionperception.com and buy the Ultimate Draft Kit. Uh, you get it by just clicking my little face there on that page. You get more wide receiver data than you could ever possibly want. And, uh, yeah, everybody uh, enjoy the rest of uh, the rest of the weekend, and uh, we'll see you later. Hipsters out. Hipsters out. I do have my tie god shirt on. Oh, nice. Tie goat. Uh, okay. I act- All right, go ahead. What were you going to say? When I was going to say that I actually didn't have a shirt on until we decided to Skype. I mean, we could have just done audio. You know, you can do that. It doesn't have to. I, I know. It's, it's fine. Whatever. You're the one that turned video on. I was just going to leave audio because I have no re- interest in looking at you. Well, your hair is done. I'm Squares. a bum over here sweating. It's uh, 85 degrees in my apartment right now because I had to turn the AC off for this. So. Ew. All right. Well, then let's get this over with. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. <clears throat> okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.